Welcome to another episode of 199 Proof Data-Driven Drinking, where we take science and data and apply them to that very important question, what kind of crazy gin should we drink tonight? You and I both have pretty extensive collections, and we're the type of people who, when we see something new, we just tend to grab it. Well, at least me, anyway. And we end up with some real oddball gins in our collection. We really do. And the thing is, we have to try it, because who knows? It could be a work of genius. <laughs> it could be. Other times, it could be a complete and utter failure. But today, we're bringing four of those gins to the table that are kind of out there. Maybe those sort of oddball gins in your collection that you should take a look at. Absolutely. Which means for the first time, we're going to have 100% gins that tick the novelty box in Snap. That's true. They all definitely tick that box. So maybe instead of calling this the oddball episode, maybe we just call it the novelty episode. All right, that'll work. What's your first example of a novelty gin? My first one comes from Corgi Distillery, where I went and talked to uh, the distiller and the brand manager there. And one of their signature gins is an Earl Grey gin. I'm just interested to see how this stacks up against some other ones. In other words, you already know this is your cup of tea. Oh, it's definitely my cup of tea. One way to put this is they are classic gins, and they're common twists on classic gins. For example, put a little citrus in it, ramp up the floral, maybe put a little salt in it to get a seaside, and then they're the weirdos. Absolutely. Like dropping some tea in. Right, or like your first one. My first one, now you'll know that we have 40 plus taste characteristics. We only use six of those as the top six for gin, and one of those that got pushed aside was one I was sure we'd never need, for gin anyway, smoky. Smoky gin. Absolutely. Now, obviously, you need smoky when it comes to, say, whiskey. Of course. And tequila and mezcal, you can actually get smoky tequila. And, of course, mezcal is smoky. Right. But smoky gin, I was sure we'd never need that category. And yet, my first one is ESP smoked gin. Hmm. I've smoked a lot of things. I have never smoked a gin. I can't believe that's true, but tonight you get to try. All right. Take that box off. I like it. Other than you and your Earl, what's your others? Well, if you remember from our botanical episode, I brought Uncle Val's botanical. It was inspired by a man in his garden. I remember that. I remember that beating my choices. That's true. Well, today I'm bringing Uncle Val's botanical younger otter brother... Uncle Val's Peppered Gin. I really liked what they did with the botanicals, and I'm wondering if they can repeat that with the peppered. A man and his pepper mill, huh? Seems somehow less inviting. <laughs> well, I'm going farther afield than that. I'm going all the way to Argentina. Argentina. Exactly. And I'm bringing Principe de los Apostoles Mate Gin with Yerba Mate. Now, normally I would talk about the ratings and the reviews, but let's face it, people have not been rushing to review Smoky and Mate Gin, so I don't really know if I'm about to get smoked or if your Uncle Val's selection has finally met its Mate. Oh my God, that's horrible. Also, I hope this one goes deep in the competition because I really want to see you say that. Throughout the evening. In other words, 
you're not just playing checkers, you're hoping for check mate. <laughs> <laughs> I, the gins aren't going to be the only novelty tonight, is it? <laughs> As the night goes on, <laughs> I plan to be the king of the mud. <laughs> oh, you can't even get them out. This is great. All right. I'm not sure how much more we can squeeze out of this, so should we just tee up the first round? Oh, nice. Thanks for peppering some of the things you said with that, too. Let's just start drinking. This is too much for me. All right, off we go. We drink a lot and have developed over 40 characteristics to evaluate spirits. For gin, we've selected the 10 most relevant, six taste dimensions and four non-taste factors. Together, these comprise our 10-point scoring system. The six key taste dimensions are smooth or sharp, strong or weak, Boozy or sneaky? Simple or complex? Balanced or unbalanced? Adaptable or limited? Plus these four non-taste dimensions. Sophistication or snob appeal. Novelty, availability, price or snap. All right, first half of the bracket, we have Corgi Earl Grey and ESP Smoked Gin. My first impression of the ESP Smoked Gin is, where's the smoke? What I do get, at least on the initial nose, is caraway seed or rye bread. And that carries right through to the flavor. And in fact, that's all that carries through to the flavor for me. The Corgi, I get a nose of Earl Grey and a bit of citrus, some lemon peel in there. And it makes me think it's going to be sweet, but it doesn't drink sweet. It actually drinks fairly dry to me. Yeah, I will totally agree with you about the rye bread. I don't know what they were thinking, but I don't get the smoke that I expect from, say, smoky scotch right. or smoky mezcal. Right. I get burnt toast at best and sort of lightly burnt toast. That's definitely a unique description for a gin. It is. It's definitely a novelty gin. And I will say the Corgi really follows through on the promise of putting tea in gin, which honestly works a lot better than I expected. Yeah, me too. I feel like it's one of those things that, just thinking about it, should be really bitter and astringent, but it's not. The lemon makes me think that it's going to be sweet. Also, it's not. A very well-crafted beverage. Yeah. Uh, congratulations to Corgi. Let's hit the scoring and see if it takes the neat round over smoked. Uh, smooth or sharp? I find the Corgi to be smoother than the ESP. The ESP is not bad, but it's got a little bit of a sharp finish for me. Yeah, it's not as sharp as it seems, given how boozy it is. I find Corgi gets both the smooth point and definitely the sneaky point. Yeah, without a doubt. The ESP comes across as way boozier than most at 42%. Yeah, which is not that much more. You can't be a gin at under 40, which means it's only 2% more. And yet, here we are with a pretty boozy taste. Strong or weak? I find them to be both pretty strong flavor profiles, but I feel like the ESP has a stronger flavor than the Corgi. I agree. It's odd, but we can't deny strong. Two to one Corgi with ESP getting the strong point. Yeah. Simple or complex? I found them both pretty simple. 
Looking at my notes, I have one that says simple-ish and the other one that says slightly complex. I obviously was a fence sitter on that one myself. All right, we'll make that a push. That's not true of balanced or unbalanced though. No, it's not. The ESP to me comes across as really unbalanced. It only hits a couple places on the palette. It doesn't really fulfill what I'm looking for palette-wise in a gin, even a novelty gin. The Corgi, on the other hand, comes across as really well-balanced. It hits almost everywhere in the mouth where it ought to, but no place sticks out for me really more than another. Yeah, I found the Corgi nice and balanced, much more so than I expected. Yeah, me too. I Again, I think that this is something that could have gone in a bitter direction or a sweet direction, and instead they didn't go in either one of those and created a nice balanced spirit. Yeah, and that makes me guess that it'll be more adaptable, but to be honest, I'm not real confident of either of these. For Corgi, I have adaptable question mark, and for ESP, I have probably not. That's funny. For Corgi, I have adaptable question mark as well. And for ESP, I just have three question marks. <laughs> All right. Well, in that case, Corgi gets the balance point. We'll give adaptable at TBD? Sure. All right. Well, that'll give Corgi the neat round pretty safely. In other words, when it comes to our round of tea and toast, the tea came out well ahead. From when we had a crumpet. With that, I'm a little bit afraid, but let's put some tonic in these and see how they hold up. All right, first half of the bracket, tonic round. Smoked gin and tea with gin. Who would have thought? Well, a couple of people would have thought. Anyway. There you go. What are your initial impressions here? My initial impression is that the Corgi works less well with tonic than I expected and the ESP works better with tonic than I expected, but neither one is really made for tonic. The traditional gin and tonic might not be the best wheelhouse for these two gins. I agree, and in fact, one thing that we will get to later is that we tried a little bit of a different variation on what to put them with, and that yielded somewhat better results. We did, and I think you're going to find that with a lot of these novelty gins, is that they're not typical gin and tonic gins. They're more built for pushing into a specific different direction. Right. But we still have to pick a winner. Why don't we start with that and then run through the different smooth and boozy and so on categories and see if a winner emerges. Okay. In a way, it's funny. We're starting with adaptable and starting with seeing what they adapt to. And the answer is not tonic. We kind of disagree on this one. I don't mind the Corgi and tonic. I think it needs something more, but I don't mind it. You yeah. don't like it. No, I just find that, it, to me, it fights with the tonic. It's not cohesive. In fact, I thought the ESP was a little more cohesive. Just neither one of them really did it for me with tonic. Yeah, for me, the ESP isn't as terrible as I thought it was going to be. I really thought that it was just going to be horrendous. I think that it's better than I expected because the tonic really weakens the flavor of it. Yeah, you thought it would be toasted. In fact, you decided it wasn't so bad if you just got half a loaf. <laughs> oh boy. But one thing we did was we tried them both with lemon. 
And lemon makes total sense for an Earl Grey gin. Right, of course. And just the lemon still wasn't quite there. And it really was not there with ESP. No, but once we added a bit of a sweetener. In this case, agave, the precursor to tequila. Right. The Earl Grey starts to come around and make a much more cohesive, much more complex drink. That's right. And after drinking it, we looked on the site for Corgi, and in fact... Their Corgi Kappa has something similar. It's Earl Grey gin with fresh lemon juice and honey syrup and bitters. And that makes sense. It needs something to push it in the sweetness direction. Yeah, and it's actually good that way. Oddly, the ESP smoked gin with honey and sweetener is pretty good, but the reason it's pretty good is it doesn't taste like the smoked gin anymore. Everything that lends itself to a cohesive, complex drink with the Earl Grey gin just serves to mask the ESP. And oddly, they didn't have any recipes on their website. Yeah, I would think that they would want us to know what in the world to do with this, but who knows? Maybe they couldn't figure it out either. Right. Garnish with a piece of pastrami and mustard. <laughs> All right, which means we'll give a slight edge to Corgi Unadaptable, although we really had to hunt for it. We did, and I think this is going to be one of those examples where we may just want to default to the neat round and judge these guys based on their own merit, or at least weigh that a little more heavily than we typically do. Yeah, I think novelty makes sense to weigh a little more heavily, but let's finish up. I would say smooth, strong, and sneaky. All of these are pushes at this point. Yeah, they're both really smooth. Uh, neither one of them are particularly strong anymore, and the booziness of the ESP just disappears. Yep. And the complexity, such as it was, which wasn't much, goes with it. Absolutely. Yeah, which means none of them get any point for that. Balanced, I thought the ESP was a little bit more balanced, but not a lot. I think with this, it comes down really to personal flavor preference. If that's something that you like, I think you're going to lean towards balanced. If it's something that doesn't work for you, I think you're going to lean towards unbalanced. All right. Sounds like it's a push everywhere but adaptable, which is a slight edge. I guess we better hit snap, and then turns out the neat round might end up winning. Well, the snap doesn't really change with this. All right, well, that means we have five, <laughs> five pushes and a slight edge for adaptable. Maybe you're right. Maybe the neat round will be the tiebreaker in this case. Right, so it goes back to evaluating it on its own merits and not as gin and tonic gin. And Corgi clearly won that one. Yeah, it did. And... If you put it with lemon and something sweet, it makes a nice drink, just not a gin and tonic. I probably wouldn't gravitate towards gin and tonic for this. Yeah, but it makes it through the final round anyway. It does. All right, let's see who it's up against. Whether it's Principe de los Apostoles Mate Gin, or, you know, a man in his pepper shaker. Wow, you keep diminishing Uncle Val here. <laughs> hey. This guy's a proven winner here. He deserves a little more respect. That's true, actually. All right. Well, off we go. Let's see if the other ones actually work. Neat and maybe with tonic. With tonic? We'll try it again. Let's find out. All right, second half of the bracket. Uncle Val's peppered 
and Principe de los Apostoles Matejan. What in the world? Right? For me, I was really intrigued. I thought Uncle Val's peppered was going to be more black peppery and uh, like crushed red pepper spice. What I end up getting is a lot more fleshy peppers like off the vine. Right, with a little black pepper at the end. Coincidentally enough, it's got a little bit of a smoke to it, more so than what I was picking up out of the ESP smoke gin. You know, that's a good point. You're right, and that's crazy. Now, the Principe... Liquid breath mint. Yeah, that's one way to put it. I looked at it like an adult peppermint patty. Which sounds pretty good. Except it's not. Yeah. I thought so many times in my life that would have been such a positive attribute. And then I had it and was like, hey, I don't want this again. Yeah. Well, let's take it through the scoring system, but not a great auspicious beginning here. Very curious round. All right. They were both pretty smooth, though they were both boozy and the Uncle Val seemed a little sharp, but I think that's the pepper. That's what I thought too. Uh, on second and third taste, I think that was the pepper flavor profile coming through instead of actual sharpness. All right. Both a little boozy? Both a little bit boozy, yeah. All right. Both strong. I have to say, I thought after the Apostoles, there's no way Uncle Val's doesn't concede this point, but then it didn't. Neither one of them are shrinking violets here. Their strengths are really, really apparent. Simple or complex? I thought they were both pretty simple. I'd give a slight edge for complexity to Uncle Val's, but both of them are basically one note. They are basically both one note. That's kind of funny because I would lean towards the Principe in complexity, but only slightly. All right, push them. Yep. Balanced or unbalanced? Yeah, they're both unbalanced. I found the Uncle Val's a little more balanced, but... Yeah, I, I agree. Slightly more balanced, but I mean, we're, you know, we're just really shaving it here. Yeah. Adaptable, I just plead ignorance. After the last round and some of our previous experiences, I don't know. Not a clue. I don't really see either one of these working terribly well with tonic, but what do I know? Which means we've just done an entire round and ended up with nothing but pushes. Yeah, weird indeed. Let's push on to the tonic round then and see if either one of them works and ends up in the final. All right, let's do it. Here we go. All right, the tonic round. Yerba mate and pepper with tonic. Eh? Eh, indeed. One thing that I find interesting is when you add the tonic, something happens to Uncle Val's that I didn't see. And it picks up a bit of smokiness at the expense of its pepperiness. You know, you're right about that. That's interesting. And I usually like smoky, and that is the part that I like. The peppery goes away though, which is too bad because I also like peppery. Yeah, if they could have kept that peppery flavor and added the smoky, this would have been a really, really easy round to score. Yeah, because the Yarbo Mate is like that homework assignment that you really don't want to do and you kind of slap it together at the last minute. You have to do it, but eh. Yeah, this doesn't work for me as a gin and tonic. No, I'm not actually sure what it works with. It's a really strong flavor profile that I don't know what mixes well with it. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and put it out of its misery. I'm going to propose that smooth, there's not much difference. No, there's not. They're both fairly smooth. Sneaky, neither one is particularly boozy anymore. Nope. Which leaves strong. You know, it's interesting. I find that the yerba mate loses strength, and I actually see that as an attribute. Yeah, you're, you look kind of happy about that. I am. You've tasted it. Yeah. 
nobody's getting a point for, hey, this is great, it loses strength, good for you. There's a little bit of flavor in Uncle Val's, it's just smoky now, but I'm okay with neither one getting a point here. Yeah, no, I'm fine with that. All right, which leaves complex. I find that the Uncle Val's, because of that smokiness emerging, kind of picks up a little bit of complexity. I think it picks that up at the expense of the pepper. To me, that's kind of a wash. Yeah, I suppose that's true, isn't it? Which gives us a push here, but I'm gonna say not for balanced. Uncle Val's is under the smoky is fairly balanced. And while I wouldn't give under the smoky a full point, maybe a half point. I'd be willing to, to give it a half point there, yeah. Again, neither one of these are particularly extremely well-balanced with tonic, but I would lean towards Uncle Val's. Fair enough. And adaptable, you had an interesting way of putting this, something about getting your money back. If I were in a bar and being charged for either one of these, I wouldn't ask for my money back from the Uncle Val's. I wouldn't be super excited to pay for it again, but there's no way I would take the first sip of that yerba mate and tonic and do anything except get the bartender's attention and say, I'm sorry, this is horrible. I'd like something else or my money back. Okay. Well, that means Uncle Val's gets a little bit of an advantage in a couple of places, and that's enough to take it to the final. That's enough. Well, it's up against a very interesting and different, very, very different gin and corgi. Let's see what happens when we put them head to head. Yeah, we're literally comparing apples to oranges. We're figuratively comparing apples to oranges here. We're literally warning what the word figuratively actually means. <laughs> Let's just move on to the final round. Yes, indeed. Continuing this would clearly be fruitless. Oh, we were so close to get in there without one of those. <laughs> there, there we are. <laughs> Sorry you don't find it appealing. All right. I mean, you've got to concede there's something to it. <laughs> uh, Come on, it's a core part of my personality. Oh, shoot me. The final head-to-head, Corgi Earl Grey and Uncle Val's Peppered, both from good distilleries with other good products. I think the Earl Grey really stands up and I back everything that we said earlier. It's a delicious, smooth, easy drinking, neat gin. In other words, it's really your cup of tea. It's my cup of tea. On the flip side, Uncle Val's isn't bad, but it comes across as a little sharp to me in comparison to the, to the Earl Grey. Uh, it's just not something that I'm going to gravitate towards. I do start to feel the leanings of, you know, a, a smokiness to it, but it's not my cup of tea. I hear you there. I think the Earl Grey is a better product, but let's take it through the scoring and make it official. Yeah. Corgi is smoother. Corgi is definitely smoother. And Uncle Val's a little stronger. Uncle Val's is a little bit stronger. Uh, the Corgi is more of a subtle sort of flavor to it. Um, more nuanced, I'd say, than the Uncle Val's. The Uncle Val's is real peppery and a little smoky. Fair enough. Corgi gets the sneaky point because Uncle Val's is a little boozy and Corgi is not. No, Corgi is real sneaky. Yeah, for a neat gin, that's quite impressive. Yeah, it's, it's quite good on its own. Neither one is complex. 
No, neither one's complex. All right. Balanced, I'm going to say Corgi all the way. Absolutely. It just, it hits everywhere you want it to hit. It doesn't linger where you don't want it to linger. It's a well-balanced gin. Yeah. And adaptable, I'll just say, let's wait and see. I mean, if I had a verbal shrug here, that's what I would do. Okay. Adaptable, verbal shrug. <laughs> Very well. Okay, in that case, Corgi takes the neat round. Time to put some tonic in and maybe something else and see who takes home this week's prize. Perfect. Let's do it. Okay, final round, final matchup. Corgi, Uncle Val's for all the marbles. I find that the Corgi makes a more cohesive and unified drink over the Uncle Val's. I agree. Neither one goes particularly well with tonic, but the Corgi comes out ahead. It does. Neither one of these gins is really showcased by putting them with tonic. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of unfortunate, but that's the system we have in place. It is. And we should take it through the system. And then let's talk a little bit about these gins and what they didn't show on tonight's episode, but they can at the end. Agreed. Yeah. All right. Smooth, slight edge to Corgi. Slight edge to Corgi. Uh, not a huge edge here, but uh, Uncle Val's kind of finishes a little bit sharp to me. All right. And a similarly slight edge, but to Uncle Val's for strength. Yeah, the Uncle Val's cuts through a bit more. Uh, the Corgi, it doesn't disappear, but it's a bit more subtle and nuanced. Okay. Sneaky a push? Sneaky's a push. Yeah, neither one of these come off as boozy at all. Okay. Complex a push too? I'd give a little edge to Corgi, honestly, but it's not real complex. It's a razor thin difference either way. Okay. Let's leave that a push then. Balanced here, Corgi goes. Corgi easily. The Uncle Val's comes across as too smoky for me to really give it a balance point here. Yeah. Adaptable. Corgi isn't real adaptable, especially with tonic, but more than the Uncle Val's. More cohesive. Slightly more cohesive than the Uncle Val's, but again, neither one of these are gin and tonic gins. No, but if you add it all up, you get a slight edge for Corgi, enough to give it the win, especially considering it won the neat round. Right. And a win is a win is a win. Yep, and Corgi hits the round of 16, not by virtue of a great performance with Tonic, actually, but still, it makes the round of 16. It does, and who knows what it's going to face in the next round, but it's earned its birth there. It has, and I will say that both of these are the products of really good companies. Uncle Val's, the non-peppered version, was really good. Delicious. And Corgi is a good gin neat, and it makes a delicious cuppa with some lemon and some sweetness. I think we should go enjoy those right about now on the porch. Oh, I absolutely agree. Just because these aren't gin and tonic gins doesn't mean they don't have a place at the bar. Yes, and the reason that we're telling you they're not gin and tonic gins, and the reason that we're testing them with tonic is because somebody might buy a gin and throw tonic in it, and it's part of the public service that we let you know not these. I'd be very curious to toss Uncle Val's peppered into, say, a Bloody Mary, replacing the vodka for gin. How about this? You make one of those, I'll make the corgi with the lemon and the sweetness, and we'll hit the porch. Perfect. Great. In the meantime, we're going to go enjoy that. You enjoy your week. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Please check out our website for more information, 199proof.com. 
Follow us on Instagram, 199proof data driven drinking, all one word. Follow us on Twitter, at 199 underscore proof, and find us on Facebook. Send us what you're drinking and let us know what gins you'd like to see featured on future episodes. Cheers. Cheers.